Welcome back to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast, where we share the mental models that helps you get through the complexity of family life. My name is Dr. Devin Tan. I'm a forensic and child psychiatrist. I'm also a dad. I created the podcast so that it might make a helpful contribution in our parenting communities with the goal of um, improving the lives of our children and strengthening families. Today, I want to share an interview with you, an interview that I had with Emily. She's nearly 18. She is an ace student, but she would not have believed she could have achieved what she's accomplished a few years ago. Emily has ADHD, Attention Deficit Disorder, and she was kind enough to share her journey with me and to talk about the things that have helped her along the way. Um, Just note that there's an emphasis on the supports she was able to get from her teachers and her parents. Uh, a real village of supportive people. And in, on the interview, we talk a bit about the things that adults do that are not helpful and the things that are helpful. So tune in and I know you'll really benefit from from this. So hey, thanks, Emily, for, for being a part of this. I thought I might just quickly say a few few words about about you for the benefit of the of the audience listening. So Emily, uh, she's nearly 18 and um, she's a student and um, she's been she's been on uh, a little bit of a mental health journey. And I thought it would be amazing to hear her story because I know a lot of you out there also have children with various um, emotional difficulties or they might have ADHD, which makes life a little bit more challenging. Um, but Emily has has been remarkable. She's kind of um, <laughs> gone through all that. And um, so I thought it would be really awesome to hear from her about what she's found um, helpful, what she's found unhelpful she might be able to share with parents as well about what what kinds of things would be useful uh, for parents to do and not to do yeah welcome emily thank you so much again for joining us thank you for having me i'm i've been very excited and nervous at the same time to do this so yeah super happy yeah yeah uh i'm, I'm pleased to hear that it's um it, it's quite natural for people to feel a bit nervous i had um a couple of guests uh, before you and um they they are clinical psychologists and um they they also felt a little bit nervous <laughs> so i think uh, your your nervousness is quite um quite natural i think even i'm a bit nervous doing <laughs> sorts of interviews cuz you know i sometimes say quite dumb stuff on on yeah. the on the recording <laughs> so so you're in good company could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, maybe sketch the the arc of of your journey. Yeah. Um. So my childhood, um, like primary school, went all the way through primary school, and I was just kind of that kid who kind of flew, was kind of just average most of the time. Um, I always sort of um, I was known for often daydreaming in class and Mm. my teachers would always be like 
come on, you need to focus. It's mm. time to do your work and all that sort of thing. But I always managed to get the work done. I was always quite shy, very sensitive. And I got all the way through primary school. And then I started high school. And that was a big step up, I think. Um, and I was very, made me very anxious and nervous switching schools because I had never done that before. Mm. Um, so I did that and because my school does Cambridge curriculum instead of NCEA, mm. it was a lot harder than everything I was doing at primary school. So mm. I was, and it was also the first time I'd done exams and things like that. So I was really nervous mm. and I ended up becoming really upset and I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating properly mm. and I was just really down in the dumps for a mm. long time. And then I was sort of taking mum and dad, told mum and dad about it. They sort of took me around all these different psychologists and psychiatrists and then mm. I met you. I got and then I sort of discovered the ADHD thing and I was like this, I didn't really know what it meant at first. Mm -hmm. But over mm -hmm. time, I feel like I've kind of discovered what what that kind of meant for me and what that looked like throughout my schooling and um, how that impacted mm. my personality in a way, I think. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned flying under the radar. It's very difficult to, 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 to share what's really going on because it, if they do share what's really going on, they might people might not believe them or, you know, they, they might feel like they're not good enough. Did you have those sorts of concerns and challenges too? Yeah. Um, I was like telling people that I was feeling really upset was really hard because mm. um, just because like everyone else around you is like, oh my God, you're doing so well. Like this, you're, you're just like, people are almost like, oh, you're just like, you're so good, like, mm. and I was just like, I don't feel that way. Mm. I just, and that I felt kind of made it hard to say, well, actually it's, I'm not doing so well at the moment. What what help, helped you to talk about things that you, you wanted? Well, I felt like I obviously had um, really supportive parents, Mm. and teachers as well at school who mm. um, like were always there for me and stuff um and I feel like it was didn't didn't come naturally when I first started talking about that sort of stuff um mm. it was took a while for me to get used to letting people know how I'm feeling I just had got so used to just not saying anything at all. It's just it's scary. Um, it was really scary. Um, I talking about it to start with. Um, mm -hmm. but I just needed like a sort of one on one conversation with somebody, and I I just I think I struggle I struggled a lot with sharing how I was feeling in groups. So I mm -hmm. would organize. I still do. I organize like meetings one-on-one -on -one with teachers or with my parents to talk about 
how I'm feeling, even sharing that in front of even my siblings or my friends, I'd feel uncomfortable doing that. I think that demonstrates um, your character. You know, I these things, as you've described, are not easy to to talk about, but yet you're you know you you've deliberately and intentionally tried to find ways to to put yourself in 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 spaces where you're having to to, to talk because you've organized something so there's this yeah. uh, you know uh, obligation for you to to talk because you've organized something it sounds like you you kind of built built up your confidence gra- gradually is, is that right yeah. you you mentioned that uh, I think I think you used the word, you used the words like scary or uncomfortable to actually share what was really happening. I almost get the sense that you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because, on the one hand, people people are perceiving this different th- this view of you that doesn't feel right to you, and so if you tell them how what's really going on, the risk is that they might think less of you or but if you stay quiet and don't say anything and let people continue to believe that you're okay um you're gonna continue feeling horrible yeah i i think it's yeah really courageous that you you did start stepping out and yeah started to to share more more of what was really going on you mentioned supportive parents and teachers um I don't know if you you're able to talk a little bit about you know what what kinds of things helped you know is it helpful for parents to keep like interrogating or you know and some some parents are just very hands off they don't really kind of just let let their young ones you know, do their own thing for you what what do you think is is the best approach I think it's really about finding the balance because at at one sort of like end you have the boys nagging and like interrogating and sort of things and um I feel like if you're doing that doing that all the time can just make you feel like the person that you're interrogating feel really overwhelmed and sort of like I'm not doing anything right by myself but at the same time I feel like I've kind of needed help with um needed some help with getting things organized because Sometimes mm. I just have so many things to do that it's just like sort of circling around in my head and then you, I get overwhelmed and I just mm. need somebody to talk to to help me kind of write out these um, things I have to do or these thoughts that I'm having just so that I can kind of see them, like actually see them instead of them just like being stuck in my head all the time and that's mm. worrying me. Yeah. So actually having somebody to talk through it with and sort of help guide me, I felt help heaps when I was feeling like really anxious or something. Uh putting putting words a language around your experiences can really help to clear things up hey, and clarify things. Because I felt like if I didn't talk about it, I would just get overwhelmed with all this new stuff. Yeah. I was just it was a bit crazy around that time. It's so cool that you have teachers that are so engaged because you know they've they've got teachers are amazing. They've 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 got so much on their plate and they've got like what 30, 60, 90 students 
um, at any one time to look after. And um, I imagine it's not easy keeping track of everyone. Um, yeah. There's some teachers who feel quite discouraged and they don't feel like they know that what they're doing is making a difference. But it sounds like, I mean, this to me is quite encouraging because to me it says that if, if teachers, they, they do their best to connect and stay checked in, um, that eventually yeah. their student might open up. Yeah, um, yeah. My, all my teachers, not just my tutor teacher, but mm. all my teachers are amazing. I, mm. yeah, I love all my teachers so much. I think they would yeah. love to hear that. And it was so, <laughs> I'm not so... just saying that because they'll probably be listening to this. <laughs> I actually generally do love them all. I have mixed reviews of my experience of school, so you're you're very fortunate, I think, to have um, amazing teachers. Um, yeah. And it sounds like also your parents were very supportive. And are there particular things that, like, from your perspective, from your experience, that you found um, helpful and not so helpful? Um. So, something that was really helpful with my parents is just being able to sit down and um, help organize project, big projects that need to be split into um, smaller pieces and organize them in a logical order so that it's not all mixed up all the time. Um, yeah, I found that really helpful because I, I struggle with um, getting prioritizing those sort mm. of like mini tasks within projects and things so them sitting down with me and helping me with that's really helped um something that's um that you that needs to find about that you need to find a balance with i think is reminding and nagging because <laughs> <laughs> reminding is great because i forget so often I mean sometimes you do need to nag because <laughs> you know you, you might you might be like about to just head out the door or something and just I keep forgetting to do one thing it's like you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this and because that's the only way I'm going to do it if you just keep repeating it but mm. um, other times when it's just in general like it's might be like a weekend and I'm trying to get through study or projects for art or something. And there's some sort of something I need to do as well. Like maybe my room's a mess. Mm. <laughs> so they're like, need to tidy your room. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I will do that when I, when I do that. <laughs> and yes. but if, Normally it isn't tidying room because I normally have to have a clean space to do my work. Yeah. But, um, yeah. If I have, if I just keep getting people telling me to do something while I'm trying to concentrate on something else, mm. then I can find that sort of just like it's um, just overwhelms me a bit and I get um, frustrated and I feel a bit overwhelmed and it, obviously doesn't impact my mood very well. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're quite clear on what your priorities are. And so you're kind of focused on those things that um, are most important first and leaving those things that aren't so important 
um, to later. Um, so, and then if, if you have someone reminding you of stuff that you've not prioritized because it's not so important to you at the time, I imagine that would be quite annoying and irritating when you've got a whole lot of other more important things to, to be focused on. So I imagine in order for a parent to, to understand where you're at, it might involve a lot of um, checking in and understanding where your, your priorities are at. Um, at what is there, do you think there's a way to do that? Yeah. Um, like this hasn't been such a big problem lately just because mm. um, we've got into more of a habit of like mm. my mum will ask me like so what do you have to do this weekend for school like what sort of homework do you have and then mm. I can tell her exactly what I have to do mm. and she says she knows and then if she has anything she'd like me to do on top of that mm. she tell me and then I can do it when like put it in my list of things to do. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, you raise a really good point. You know, I think um, in a in a family with, uh, you know, family made up of individuals with different needs and value uh, uh, priorities, it's often easy to forget other people's needs. I think it's even worse when individuals are feeling flustered or anxious. So yeah. to me, what you've said reminds me that as a parent, I, I need to check myself first. If I'm anxious or stressed or moody, I need to check myself before I shout instructions at my kids. That seems really important. <laughs> yes. Something else that I've just remembered is I find it really like if we're going out, I feel I need to know um, at least a day in advance to sort of mentally prepare myself to mm -hmm. like get ready to go out. Like if you came up to me in the morning and were like, we're going out um, shopping um, or we're just going to go for a walk somewhere or something, a lot of the time if you just like surprised me with something like in the morning like we're going out in public I'll just I'll go a lot of the time but I'll just won't be in a good mood and I tend to I can like sort of bring the mood down a bit I feel so but as long as I have time to kind of mentally prepare myself to go out then I'll be fine I don't know that I feel like that's kind of a weird thing but I find spontaneous trips out of the house very stressful. <laughs> yes. So, so surprises, surprises like that can, uh, can be very uh, disorientating and jarring, especially when you're so busy already. A bit annoyed sometimes, especially if I've planned out my time, like if I had something to do, if I'd already mm. planned out my time, what I wanted to do, then that's kind of a bit like... Oh, okay. Um, but and it just adds a bit of extra pressure, I think, to get mm -hmm. more stuff done in a shorter amount of time. But yeah. also, yeah. I just, I think, I just find it a bit stressful just being mm. out in public 
anyway just because I think that's just who I am like yeah I just don't enjoy I quite in, I'm quite happy in my house so it, it sounds like it would be helpful if um the the adults around um had a sense of what your what your limits are and what, you know your your temperament your personality so that they can read you better and read um read the situation better i'm curious you know, do you do you like when when can we catch you at your best like <laughs> you know if if say mom or dad wanted to check in with you it's like hey you know how are things going tell me about your day like often at the end of the day that's the worst time to ask because you're tired and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um yeah for, for you uh, is there a good time to check in with you um I think I'm definitely my best in the morning um I think it's just just because I'm just like I've just slept and I'm feeling refreshed Mm. but after a long day at school it's a bit like I feel like I've been drained a bit of my energy that's really interesting actually um I I've, it makes me want to think about how I organize my day so that I do have the time to check in with my kids in the morning um which would probably mean I have to be more disciplined and and wake up a bit earlier and, and so that <laughs> I, I I I I'm prepared to to check in with them that it's really important i think for parents to yeah emotionally connected and engaged with with their kids even um you know e even if if they they don't want to talk with them it sounds like from your perspective you 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 did want to talk about things but it was hard to to know how to do it or you know with who you could trust to do it so i get the sense that parents have the patience and the emotional stability um you it might be more likely for you to start to feel some comfort that you 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 know because i guess it's it's hard to talk to someone when they're constantly flustered anxious constantly nagging you reminding you <laughs> <laughs> um with, with, is that fair to to say yeah i know it's probably very hard to reason with me when I got worked myself up into a bit of a state mm. um and yeah because I still get flustered even like to the point where people will be like give me like reason logical reasons of why I am absolutely fine and then I'll just be like no I'm not you don't understand but I <laughs> but I actually am right um, for example, I had a maths test a mm. few days ago. No, it was weeks ago. I don't know. <laughs> and I was completely, I was just like, this is going to go so bad. I don't understand at all. And I just was panicking and I was talking to my teachers like, this isn't going to go well. Like, mm. I think, like, they're like, it's okay. It's new. You just need lots of practice. So I think I, like, did four papers and then I went into the test and I ended up getting 98% in the test <laughs> but uh, that whole time leading up to the test was like no it's not going to go well no and I, I just convinced myself because I was just so worried mm. about not doing well that 
I wouldn't believe anyone else. It sounds like there are things that people could say that would make things worse in those sorts of situations. Yeah, I just, what I find the most helpful when I'm in that sort of headspace where I'm just like so flustered and anxious about things is mainly just I I talk talk about it with people another thing I do is I like to write down um what I'm thinking sort of like um normally to a message to somebody else just saying like I'm not feeling super confident in this um Mm. like I'm this is actually like I've done so much practice I'm just still not I still don't feel like I'm quite there yet Mm. and that's worrying to me Mm. And just having, even if they don't say anything, it's just sort of like they were there listening or mm-hmm. being supportive. Mum and dad are always super supportive. Like they they don't care. <laughs> they wouldn't care if I got 0% on the test. Mm. They have said that. They're like, we just want you to be comfortable in what you're doing and happy at mm. school. I, I find that when I think about my, my own journey through school that the joy of learning um so i, w- I went to a, f- a few schools and one uh, um one one school in particular felt as though the the joy of learning was sapped out of the experience because there was such a focus on grades and you know doing doing well and there was a lot of pressure and um yeah lots of unhappy students um yeah but, it doesn't um, sound very fun no, yeah, I I think the the point you you make is re- really, yeah, re- really key, isn't it? So it sounds like your your parents are really connected, engaged, um, and they've been that way through the ha- difficult times and also the easier times. And it sounds like your t- your teachers have have been there as as well. So have you ever heard of the expression? You know, it, it takes a village to to raise a a, a kid. Um, yeah. I kind of also think it takes a village to raise an adult and um, it's helpful. It's helpful to have like a community of supportive people. Uh, I mean, th- did you, did you feel that? Did you feel that you, you, you had a supportive like village behind you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I've got mum and dad. And then mm. if we have a test, like normally all of our subjects, teachers will know about it. Because we'll talk to them about it and we'll be like, mm. we'll either be like, oh, yeah, it was really good or, oh, yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> and okay. they're all sort of, they're all really, really supportive of yeah. um, of us. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's really cool how they're, um, they all know each of us sort of like individually and mm. Mm. They know our strengths and they know what's sort of, worries us the most and yeah and they support us through all of the things that we struggle with and i i'm really appreciative of all they all they do it's helpful for parents and teachers to to have a uh like open communication with one another yeah i i know that um my mum's definitely emailed school teachers quite a few times to talk about um things that are going on at school just because um she hears it from us, but she also thinks it's a good idea to hear it from the teacher's sort of perspective as well. Yeah, I think that's really cool as well to have that sort of 
connection between teachers and parents so that the teacher can support us at school and mum and dad can support us at home. Yeah, that's that's really um, helpful advice, actually. It's it's really amazing to hear um, the things that you've been talking about in terms of your the discomfort with sharing certain emotions or thoughts and then you actually doing that and then you feeling more comfortable doing that and then you started to to incorporate that as a practice um, and then your parents also were very supportive of that and then your your teachers obviously as well and then and then it and then there was open communication between everyone and it seems that all those things coming together um has been so positive and um and i guess the message that i'm getting from you is that if people stay connected with one another for your health and your emotional safety and um and, and stay um yeah o- open with you it seems like good things can happen yeah do, do you do you have any uh final remarks that you, you wanted to share that you, you think might be useful for the parents or, or te- teachers to hear? I think it's just, yes, it's definitely super important to um, be like su- support um, your child or um, your student with um, both inside and outside of school and like know what they're doing outside of school because I feel like um, that can really um impact what they learn inside of school as well hey sorry i don't know what happened but the last 15 minutes of the interview got cut out um technology right it's not helpful when you need it but i'm glad that we caught the last bit of what emily said because that's so profound um when we look after a student's emotional needs and we connect with them as people it can increase their learning outcomes, which we've discovered in Emily's case, which is awesome. But no one's suggesting that teachers perform the role of counsellors. That's not the point um, of what I'm making. Obviously, a teacher's job is to teach, right? But they can also connect with their students, and many teachers do that incredibly well. And students benefit in many ways, not just um emotionally but also academically and to me it highlights the importance of having a a village of supportive adults who talk to one another and I think also um, highlights the importance of fostering relationships and expanding um, a child's network to include um, the parents of their friends and everyone's talking to one another because I think children do much better when they are backed up by a community of like-minded people, adults, teachers. Because so many children fly under the radar, as you know, uh, kids with ADHD like Emily and children with other mental health issues. So their chances of um, uh, success is much greater if they are part of a network of people that that know them and connect with them well. I've talked a lot about connection, empathy, and grace. And these are things that are quite abstract. They are abstract concepts, and they're constructs that are not easily defined. 
And we're not taught how to apply them, but I want to teach you how to apply these things. Go to www.huddlewisdom.com. Check out the free resources. Sign up for the courses there. It's free. Uh, well, most of them are free. Uh, check out the other episodes in the podcast. Read the blog. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel as well. Check that out. It's all free. Um, and um, yeah, hope you like it. Hope it benefits you. I know it will, actually. <laughs> and I hope your family thrives. So... I look forward to speaking with you again next time, my friends. Have a good one. Bye.